Welcome, everyone, to episode 25 of Our Baseball Weekly. This is the weekly podcast from the Baseball Subreddit. This week, myself, Maz, and fellow Our Baseball Power Ranking, Catchatory Jack, a.k.a. Jack, we talk about the weekly Our Baseball Power Rankings and what goes into them each week. And after that, I, Lewis, welcome back our first ever repeat guest to the show and someone we are so thrilled to have back, Ashley McLennan. We talk about two of the teams she covers, the Cubs and Rays, and their strong starts to the seasons, especially this last month, as well as her, her new role as a contributing writer at Fangraphs and her podcast about terrible baseball movies. But first, the two of us are going to look into some stories from the week, as usual. Lewis, how are you doing today, buddy? I am doing great. It is good to be back on. The last few weeks, I have been terribly busy with some other stuff in life, and I am so glad that everyone else was able to keep things going here. I (laughs) I was saying, I I didn't tell anyone this, but I was hoping in our first year we'd have 50 episodes, Mm -hmm. and here we are six months in and episode 25. So that's really great. Really good to have Ashley back on the show today. And then just a quick preview for everyone for next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Biz is going to be interviewing James Deffenbaugh, who is the co-inventor of the illicit substance in baseball, spider tack. And they're going to talk about that. And I am excited to to listen to that. Maz, how are you doing? I heard you Um, were able to make it to a a baseball game this weekend. Yeah, I was able to make it to a baseball game uh, today, actually. I was... The Mets came home for a series against the Padres on both Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Friday was DeGrom day. And I both me and my dad were busy, of course. And, And then yesterday, Saturday, it Again, both me and my dad were busy. So we went to the Sunday game. Why not? And they got shelled and Tatis Jr. hit a grand slam, uh, which was cool. Hey, I got to see Slam Diego live and in person. Uh, So that was pretty neat. But yeah, I got to go to a game for the first time since opening day. So that was that was pretty great. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's exciting. Always fun when you get to go to the ballpark. Well, we have got a few things to to cover this week. First, I'm going to bump this to the front since we're talking about it. Do we have an injury update on Jacob deGrom? Because I know some people were seeing earlier tendonitis or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I saw someone say, well, that's going to be Tommy John, which seemed like a fast overreaction that, to that's me. That's a jump. Yeah. But I feel like uh, an injury update, and not just because you're a Mets fan, but because Jacob deGrom is legitimately putting up a historic season and we could be witnessing history. And it's mm. really important to me and my fantasy team that we get to see more of him this season. So, so what's the update there? Oh yeah. As of right now, uh, obviously, like I said, today is Sunday when we record this. So that was two days ago. He left the game in the sixth inning and only after 80 somewhat pitches because he had what they call flexor flexor tinnitus. No, not tinnitus because that's be in his ear. Uh, Flexor (laughs) uh, tendonitis in one of his fingers. Yeah. Um, You know, the update is that there really isn't an update aside from what DeGrom has said himself. He has told the media that it's not a problem, that he felt it a bit his last start and that he felt it a bit when he was throwing. Um, He threw Saturday, apparently, the day after his start, which is a good sign. Right now, he's still the pitcher 
that is projected to go on Wednesday, which is the next game I'm going to go back to. So I can't wait for that. Um, yeah, I think DeGrom, like some one of the best pitchers in the game, because he is he knows his body and he knows when he needs to miss time and when he doesn't. And he said that he shouldn't miss time. So, you know, I, I believe him. He earns it. He You put up a historic season like he is and you get the benefit of the doubt in my mind. I liked the one comment in the thread where it was Jacob deGrom isn't actually hurt. He just feels things that none of the rest of us can feel because he's just that much of a superhuman. So yeah, he's just so I, in tuned in his body that it's not even really a problem, but I, he I knows am it is. <laughs> so hopeful that he can, can keep it up and just shove this season. It is really great. Well, Same. Uh, someone who was really in tune with how they were feeling about pitching earlier this week on Friday, White Sox closer Liam Hendricks forced a rain delay by Mm. checking away the game ball in the bottom of the ninth uh, in a game against the Tigers and yelling at the ump basically that he was refusing to pitch because it was downpouring and it was a monsoon basically it was crazy <laughs> did, did you see that at all Maz I, I was gonna say see I haven't seen this story it was uh I guess it eluded me especially if it was on Friday uh, yeah. like I said I was I'm a very busy important person that does stuff with my <laughs> life so I wasn't watching baseball on Friday like you were no I know I'm kidding uh yeah I missed it and hearing you describe it I thought he literally like willed the weather to rain to force a rain delay i didn't know where you were going with that that'd be pretty Uh, impressive but no if anything he was trying to will the weather to stop it was really bad yeah Um, it it was bad and just the umpires weren't calling it so he just figured screw this it it was one of those things where it's the bottom of the ninth the Mm -hmm. white Sox are up by two it's against the tigers white Sox have their clothes around the mound and so um I'm sure the umpires were just like, come on, let's just, just finish the let's game. Let's just get right. this game finished with, then we can all go home. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't want it. He, didn't, he, he, was he wasn't another. having it. So they did end up delaying the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Funnily enough, the Tigers did end up coming back and tying the game. <laughs> did they? Yeah. And then the White Sox won an extra innings. Uh. Um, but see, it, it was. It was interesting because uh, Lucas Sims of the Reds did something similar back in April. Um, mm-hmm. But see, now now Liam Hendricks, he's from Australia. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know any Australian stereotypes. Uh, uh, I know a few. I'm, I'm a fan of uh, a couple of Australian people, and they don't really lean into the stereotypes, but I know what the stereotypes are, absolutely. Well, the, the one <laughs> that I have is that Australian athletes just don't give a uh, about anything and are yeah. more than willing to let their their emotions and how they're feeling out um so that's why you know he just chucks the game ball away and says hey or I'm, I'm not pitching in this yeah. um meanwhile lucas sims he's a southern gentleman you see and he took a very uh, almost midwestern approach mm-hmm. in that he kept throwing balls back to the end like oh this one's too wet uh. and, and just kind of took his <laughs> sweet time until the ump uh, got the hint that mm-hmm. they wanted to suspend the game until the rain stopped coming down so hard, and, and they did. So, see, both strategies worked. Yeah, uh, I was going to say you catch more flies with honey, but, I mean, they both got their way, so. That's the thing. They both got their way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I personally, as a, as a northerner, as a Midwestern, I would probably take the Sims approach where I'd just be kind of like fiddling with the ball and the mound. But you know what? Do you, the, sometimes the direct route's the best way to go. Do you so, know if the Reds won that game or did they? Uh... I, I didn't look that up. I remembered it ah. happening, 
Um, I don't remember what the result was. But. Uh, okay. Well, I was going to say then uh, the White Sox won too. So if they both won, then it would have been even more, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter how you go about things. <laughs> Life lesson for everybody, I guess. <laughs> but, but see, here's what I was thinking. If, if Hendricks doesn't force the game into a delay and mm-hmm. maybe like someone slips or something obvious happens and the umps decide to call the game, mm-hmm. bottom of the ninth, two runs, they might just call the game at that point they might just end it yeah they might just end it Mm -hmm. but since the pitcher of the winning the team that was winning at the time kind of forced it they're not going to call that that's yeah other that would be bad precedent so Mm. i don't know we'll we'll uh it it was just interesting to see and i i thought it was um kind of an interesting difference of differences of approaches there that were yeah i don't i don't think i've seen that uh lately so that's yeah it's definitely an oddity so uh, with that, I do want to go to uh, the the big series of this coming week. And I'm, I'm kind of sad. We're hoping next week to have another Padres Dodgers preview. And I'm, I'm kind of sad we didn't get a big in-depth preview for this because it kind of snuck up on me. I, I didn't I, I had Padres Dodgers circled on my calendar. Mm-hmm. Um I did not expect Rays White Sox to be the two best teams coming into the mid middle of June. I knew both teams were going to be good, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't expect winner takes uh, takes the lead for home field advantage in the AL uh, through the playoffs at, at the beginning of the season. And we have some pitching matchups in, in this series. They're they're coming up. The White Sox have uh, Lynn. Keichel and Giolito set to go. Uh, And the Rays counter, they have Glassnow, McClanahan, and the always effective TBD. (laughs) Oh, Uh, but the TBD. The TBD. uh, Ryan Yarbrough. Yarbrough? Yarbrough? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ryan Yarbrough is kind of set to be there. It's not officially announced, but I'm pretty sure. Um, that's how it's looking to be, but yeah, yeah, that, dang, that, those are some good matchups right there. Yeah, that should be a good series. Matt, do you watch much AL ball? Do, do you have any idea what this is going to be like? No, not really. I mean, I, I sometimes catch the Rays. You know, obviously the Mets played them once this year, and then you know they play the Yankees sometimes. But uh, yeah, the White Sox. I get they're sneaky best team in the AL, I guess. I mean, I mean, I were one of the best teams in the AL, and I knew the Rays were good i guess it's just we forget that the yankees haven't really been good this year so it normally where they would cancel each other out and they'd be like 500 against each other the rays have just been dominating that series so i guess that's why the rays are doing so good and you don't really think of them as the one of the best teams in the al uh but yeah that that should be good it's like you know like you said we got the dodgers padres preview but yeah i think rays white Sox kind of deserves one as well it's another big marquee matchup possible playoff preview yeah, just I, like I mean, uh, Dodgers Padres. I mean, we'll we will see how it goes. Uh, both teams should be in decent shape. They were both beating up on the uh, division basement dwellers, and guess what? That wasn't the Twins. It was the Tigers for the White Sox. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Twins it, trying to right the ship a little bit. That's right. Uh, but the, <laughs> the White Sox beat up on the Tigers this weekend. The Rays beat up on the Orioles this weekend. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, both teams should be coming in pretty strong. I'm really interested to see 
what this actually looks like because the Rays we have some we have some precedent here because the Rays have played a number of very good teams this year. They've played the Red Sox, they've played the Blue Jays, uh, the Yankees. Despite where they're at right now, which mm-hmm. is right around 500 which is still pretty good so the one rays, game over 500 as of today so the rays have a pretty good record against mm-hmm. teams with that are above 500 the white Sox coming into monday here they're 13 and 17 against teams with winning records so this mm. is the white Sox statement series like hey it's not just because the Tigers are terrible. The Twins decided that they were going to be terrible this year, and it's just an easy division. We're mm-hmm. here to play with the big boys. And for the Rays, quite honestly, this is we need to keep our heads above water because the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and, I'm sorry, the Yankees, I still feel like are going to come back here. And it's pretty much be... everybody does except for Yankee fans. Exactly. And <laughs> they need to keep they, they need to keep winning because if they don't keep winning, mm-hmm. they're they're going to fall behind, fall, fall back. And uh, yeah. so I I'm really excited to watch this series. I will be cheering for the for the Rays, obviously, um, but it, it should be really interesting see how those pitching matchups go and both offenses have been doing really well Mm -hmm. so i you know if you are especially monday if your team's got off and you're looking for a game to watch that's that's the one to go with yeah versus lynn it's it's gonna be great yeah i think uh i'm kind of with you on the raise as well i'll kind of be cheering for them as well we we got jimmy is definitely listening to this right now and going yes hell yeah guys (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i got that that should be a series that they should theoretically win um you know like you said because of the record against winning teams and everything like that and they have the pitching upper hand too i mean i know uh lynn's been good and giolito has been good and keiko has kind of just been there but i mean glass now is one of the best pitchers in the american league so and mcclanahan has been performing i guess you know he's a highly touted prospect so i'm not going to say better than they thought he would but he, he's still pitching pretty darn good so yeah uh, guys check it out starting yeah. monday at eight o'clock and uh, I mean, the what it feels like it's I hate this. I feel like it's been all White Sox news this week. Um, Rodon took another game into the into the seventh day with a no, no. And mm-hmm. it was he, he gave up a double. It did feel kind of kind of cheap because there was a ball three call. Um, that probably should have been strike three and then the double. And so, I mean, obviously you still got to finish it. There's a reason that seven inning no hitters don't count as, (laughs) as full no hitters, no matter what people want to say about mad bum. (laughs) Um, But it would have been interesting. He, he would have been, if he would have completed it or if any, like John means anyone who's got one this year completes Mm -hmm. a second one they would only become the sixth pitcher to have two no hitters in one regular season. Seven. If you want to count Roy Halladay with his one in tw- the 2010 regular season, and then one in his first postseason start, which mm-hmm. is kind of more impressive. Yeah. Um, I, I would but, count that. I mean, it's an extra, it's a playoff game. So it's a game. The other pitchers might not have had the chance to pitch, but yeah, I'll count that. Two, I'll give it to him. You just say two two no nos in a year, right? There you go. In a calendar year. In a year, perfect. Calendar year. There, perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, famously Johnny Vandermeer 
back to back in 1938. Yeah. Allie Reynolds had two in 51. Virgil trucks had two in 1952. Nolan Ryan, because obviously if we're talking about no, no's, Nolan Ryan's got to come up. He had two in 73 and Max Scherzer. Mm. Uh, most recent in 2015. So there you go. Um, Some legendary names that uh, John Means or Carlos Rodon or Spencer Turnbull <laughs> can all join. That's they they're gunning for it. And yep. this we'll see, depending on how spider tack, uh, how the, the sticky crackdown goes, perhaps mm. that'll put a kibosh on, on some of this. As I did post to the sub, uh, the league average uh the league split batting average is up to above 1968 levels now and Mm -hmm. never in the history of a full regular season has the league split batting average in mid-june uh ended up the final never ended up lower than that uh because it always goes up through june and then july and august it stays pretty steady and maybe dips um in september but uh, yeah, we're we should be past that low water mark, and especially <sighs> summer months heating up here, and the the sticky substance crackdown should should make a difference here. Um, I hope that's, so. That's kind of the news that uh, we have here. Um, in just a bit, I will be back with Ashley McLennan talking about the Cubs and the Rays and her new job at Fangraphs and her podcast about terrible baseball movies. Now there's a couple things I want to say first, our uh, production admin wanted to make sure that everyone knew since we interviewed her, she got her blue check Mark on Twitter. That's right. That happened just recently. The last uh, couple of days, she's yeah. now verified on Twitter. So as a couple people are now that we've interviewed. So if that's important to you, she's legit. she's legit now. Uh, and also in our interview, we talked about uh, a couple of things that she said. I, I was mentioning, like, oh, I haven't seen anything lately. And she talks about a Fangraphs article and a podcast episode that she had in the pipeline. Both those things got released since our actual interview. So uh, nice. if you're you're sitting there listening to the interview at the end and thinking, boy, I can't wait till that comes out. It's already out. You just got to look for it. So um, but before we get to that, Maz, what's what's coming up next here? Yeah, I'm going to be back in just a short musical interlude with Catchatory Jack, a.k.a. Jack. And we're going to chat about the R Baseball Weekly Power Rankings, which should be up, depending on when you're listening to this, on the subreddit now or a little bit later in the day. If you're an early bird and got to it first thing in the morning, it's probably not up yet, but check back a little bit later. Uh, That was fun. It's just something that people always kind of take for granted on the subreddit. Like every Monday, there's going to be power rankings. And sometimes people don't think about what goes into it. And we just kind of goes into it. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. But we just kind of sit and talk about that and I, I guess say hey guys this is important and takes work recognize <laughs> us but no, no not not really it's it's fun trust me <laughs> all right well i am looking forward to that in just a little bit here and uh, i guess we'll see all you listeners on the other side Well, 
Well, thanks for sticking around, everyone. This week, I'm going to be talking with, as he's known on the subreddit, as Catsatory underscore Jack. But uh, just for simplicity's sake, we're just going to be calling him Jack here. He's going to be talking with me about our weekly Monday feature, the R Baseball Power Rankings. We are both members of the Power Ranking community. I rank for the Mets. He ranks for the Giants. And he also organizes the thing as well. So, K-Jack, Jack, thanks for coming on. How you been? Excellent. Thanks for having me on. It's been a it's been a fun year of power rankings. Yeah, already we're in we're in week ten. Um, week ten. By the time this comes out, it'll be week eleven. So I'm sorry to uh, be already outdated, but hey, it is what it is. Um, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about the the kind of uh, intricacies and everything that goes into the power rankings and everything. So. I know that there's a handful of other reputable websites that have their own power ranking columns that come out weekly. There's Fangraphs, ESPN, MLB does them themselves. Uh, what kind of methods do they do and how does that kind of differ from what we do here at Reddit? Yeah, those three are probably the most popular power rankings on the internet. Um, uh, also the athletic, uh, the athletic stands out because they like us have a team of 30 voters with them, they have uh, 30 beat writers representing every uh, fan base or huh. team, I should say, which is the same as us. We've got 30 voters. We just don't get paid. Um, <laughs> yeah, that works. I didn't even know The Athletic had uh, power rankings. So, I mean, you're, you're giving me that information. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. On the last week, uh, Grant Brisby posted it. Uh, ah. I'm not sure if Grant does it every week, but I saw his name attached to it. So it has some... Uh, some power to behind it oh, yeah, and he's a friend of the subreddit so there you go <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so yeah espn and uh, mlb.com they have between eight and ten sometimes as low as five experts or guest contributors who contribute to the rankings they all put in their own votes and i assume an accurate calculator uh, comes up with a mean score for all of the votes and spits out a rankings Hmm. All right. So they kind of do similar to what we do, except it's less people. Do you think it's better to have one rep from every team like we do in the athletic does? Or do you think maybe you get more, quote, accurate rankings with it's like, you know, only five, 10 experts instead of what hmm. we do? Well, every voter puts in their own biases whenever they rank. Well, mm -hmm. anything, even if you're not talking about baseball, you could be talking about the greatest city for pizza. And depending <laughs> on where you are, you're going to get wildly different answers. But with 30 voters, it's all balanced out. So me, a Giants fan, even if I'm super bullish on the Giants, which I almost never am, <laughs> uh, it'll be, it's just one of 30 votes. So I cannot sway the ranks and too much. I can't sway them too much. And neither can you, a Mets fan or a Yankees mm -hmm. fan or a Dodgers fan. It, it kind of balances all the biases and gives us all equal strength in the, uh, the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own kind of ways they do things, their own methodologies and everything. And there's always that one person that kind of you feel like might tank the, the ratings for another team. Like someone always puts the Yankees at like 25, even if they've won, you know, seven in a row and uh, seven out of 10 and that sort of thing. But it's not like you said, it's not going to tank the ratings. So I guess that's pretty a pretty good benefit of our system. Yeah, it's different uh, specifically from ESPN and MLB.com because even though they are experts and presumably know more than a lot of people about baseball, mm -hmm. um, if one person just misevaluates or they value, let's say one person doesn't care about run differential 
and they're only one of eight voters, their perspective can skew the final tally, the final rankings far more than anyone can in our power rankings or for that matter, the athletic. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And and especially when it's not your job to sit around and, and, you know, read about and research baseball all week, you you can kind of get those uh, like skewed ratings, like you said. So it's, yeah, like you said, it evens out. And that's why I think our system is pretty good as long as with the, as well as with the athletic system is pretty good too. Absolutely. Tried, I tried my best, you know, to find 30 people that were passionate about baseball. That's not very hard and passionate (laughs) about their own teams, which also isn't that hard, but with 30 people, everyone is living their own life every week. Mm -hmm. Maybe they, you know, had a doctor's appointment or they were not feeling that well, or they were just angry about a certain team (laughs) and in our rankings, I'm talking about our baseball here that could creep into the ranks. But again, with 30 people, your, your anger, your frustration about, uh, let's say I'm really angry about, well, the Giants lost today. Let's say I'm angry about the Rangers and I punish them by dropping them <laughs> three ranks, Yeah, which that might be below 30 at this point. Uh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> so I popped them up at no, number 33 and that skews it. But again, uh, that's really balanced out by everyone else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. I think everybody is where it's kind of like, you know, we get swept by the Braves or something and it's like, ah, damn Braves. But you, you got to try to keep it objective. You know, you got to try to, I don't know, it's, we're on the internet, we're on Reddit, we're not, we're not taking ourselves too seriously, but it's like, I at least have that philosophy of like, well, I have a responsibility to be objective, you know, at least when it comes to the other teams. I don't know how many other people do that, but especially when it comes to judging your own team, it can always be hard to put those biases to the side I've found. Mm -hmm. And I'm genuinely impressed by the overall um, uh, uh, quality of votes and how much time these people put in it. Mm -hmm. This is actually the ninth year that our baseball power rankings has been going on. Uh, The eighth year that I run it myself. And it's almost a linear graph going upwards in terms of people taking it more seriously, putting time into it and really caring about this Reddit project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you want to see people take it seriously, just go to the comments sometimes on those threads. <laughs> those, those are always fun. You get those people that are calling out their their favorite teams and being too low and too high. Those, those are fun threads. Uh, they get a little lengthy, but they're fun to read through every week. <laughs> Absolutely. And thankfully, I have not been called out yet specifically, and I don't think you have. But uh, yeah, me neither. Me neither, luckily. <laughs> That's just shows how uh, fair and balanced we are is that people don't find the need to call us out. <laughs> well, oh, uh, briefly, speaking of not being called out, there's a, a Pirates ranker. His username is the Captain and King. He has been ranking for something like seven or eight years. Oh. And not once in those seven years has anybody had a problem with his ranked problem with this rank since username has never been mentioned really the guy is practically a ghost we don't talk to each other about anything and <laughs> that's my favorite ranker all he does is rank and nothing else <laughs> that's good then i guess right it's kind of <laughs> like the umpires like you don't notice the really good ones so uh, oh that's a good point yeah i guess right <laughs> there's no uh you know and i don't think there is a person that gets called out every single week on these threads uh you know there's no joe west or angel hernandez in terms of the of the power rankings unless you disagree which i don't know yeah what usually gets you attention is if you intentionally or unintentionally rock the boat if you say have Again, the Giants are Mets, both both good teams. They're 
both top 10 right now. The Giants were five. What were the Mets? Uh, I think the Mets are eight right eight. now. But by the, again, by the time this comes out, it's going to be a new week. So we could possibly both be wrong. <laughs> or yeah, right. if, you, if you ranked either team like 22, you're going to get some angry, angry right. people. Yeah, you should do it one week just to screw with people. But uh, no, I, <laughs> I, I take it a little more seriously than that, as we said. <laughs> well, uh, you know, as you mentioned, this is going to be the upcoming 11th week of the power rankings already going back to week one and then to week 10, which is the data that we have to work off of. Uh, what has been kind of some of like the bigger, more surprising moves to you, you think? Well, yeah, like you said, we're nearing the all-star break and it's been 10 weeks. So you expect a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. We put out a preseason rank or a week one every season. And if you can call it wrong, yes, we were wildly wrong about where <laughs> we thought teams would be. Um, but we believed in them. We believed in them. You can't necessarily fault preseason projections too much. Mm-hmm. But if you, looked at, if you look at week one, and if you go into any power rankings thread, you'll see every single week listed. So you can click around. But teams like the uh, the Red Sox specifically, we were super low on them. They were 23 to start the season, oh, and they've been floating between three and six the last few weeks. Yeah, I think I ranked – I personally, I think, ranked them two last week. And, yeah, I think I had them around <clears throat> like 24, 25, to, you know, at the beginning of the year. <laughs> so I'm guilty of that. Yeah, so no one believed in the Red Sox. Um, the big ones were, yes, the Red Sox, the Twins, and – the Braves, all of them were, were top five, oh, sorry, twins were six, but more or less top five teams. Mm-hmm. And as anyone following baseball knows, Red Sox, good. Twins, not good. Braves, mm-hmm. um, middle of the pack. They could still make the playoffs. Yeah, Braves were kind of like a team that everyone thought was like top five, like you said, top five, six, seven around there. And, and yeah, they are just kind of middling uh, you know, in the middle of the pack, they're not even in first place in the NL East, <clears throat> but you know, that's, that's uh, not necessarily their fault, but yeah, it's those teams like twins that just kind of, everyone was really high on. I think I have to go every week and mention about how I called them out in the preseason predictions that they'd be a hundred win team. Uh, but you know, it, it's those sort of teams. And then who were some kind of like big surprises that were ranked low is the Red Sox and you got anybody else? Oh, besides the Red Sox, uh, Giants and Cubs both made huge swings. The Giants is, I believe, maybe the biggest miss on the entire season. They started Ooh. 22 uh, right now. Sorry, week 10, they're five, but they've been as low as three. Mm-hmm. So that's something like a uh, 17 spots, which is similar, a little bit more than the Red Sox swing from mm-hmm. week one to week 10. And I don't blame anybody. I think I had the Giants number 19 because there that's where they that's where they belonged really yeah nobody thought like buster posey would be this good nobody thought brendan crawford would be good he's old and washed up so why would he be this good (laughs) uh you know nobody thought their pitching would be this good and yet hey they're they're a top five team right now in my opinion now anybody who says they they saw the giants coming is at least to a certain extent, kind of a liar or a Giants broadcaster. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they also saw the Red Sox coming too. So, you know, <laughs> so convenient. Yeah, and uh, the Cubs went from 18 to 9 between week 1 and 10. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been right around week 10, right around, sorry, rank 10 the last few last few weeks. Mm-hmm. But that's not as surprising. I think the Cubs have been, you know, pretty much at worst middling team for yeah. a good 
five years now, at least. Well, since they won the World Series. Right, right. It's kind of been a downward trajectory, but not, you know, basement trajectory, you know, middle, middle, low trajectory. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the big ones. I mean, Yankees two started at three are now 13. That's not the end of the world unless you're listening to Yankees fans. Right. (laughs) Um, They could still easily make the playoffs and go on a couple of runs before the season's over. Mm -hmm. And plus rank 13 anywhere uh, between 10 and 15. I like to say you're in playoff position. You can make a push. You could be in the playoffs in, in like two seconds. Yeah. And then 15 to 19 is your fringe, fringe playoff, you know, wannabes that they could, they'd have to do a lot of, a lot, a lot of things different to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Those are kind of like the teams that uh, you got a ways to go guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, 20 or 21 to tw- 21 to 30 is pretty much your, basement dwellers or those who are playing above basement dwellers, but just barely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think teams that have been down there the whole year, I know Orioles jumped up a little bit at a point. I think they got as high as 26, 27 at a point or, or, yeah, they, or am they, I wildly they, they off had a on week that? Stretch. Uh, they had a week where they, they were bumped up a bit, but if we're talking about the bottom of the rankings, probably across all of the internet power rankings, it's been, you know, t- a mix of Tigers, Orioles, Rockies, D-backs, mm-hmm. and probably a team that's so bad that I'm forgetting them. <laughs> Some team out there that, you know, <laughs> I, I I completely forget them too. It slipped my mind, but I know, look at the bottom of the power rankings next week, and I'm sure we'll remember. <laughs> um, maybe lastly, but uh, speaking of the bottom of the power rankings and interesting swings between week one and week 10 is the Angels. People were yeah. super high on the Angels because they were thinking, you know, full season Trout, full season of Otani doing Otani things, mm-hmm. and uh, the signing of Rendon was yep. that last off season. Uh, that was the year before last. Oh, the year yeah, before. again, first full season. Yeah, pretty much. So people had them uh, twelve to start the season, which is mm-hmm. essentially a playoff team. So did uh, I, <laughs> with fewer steps. And yeah, now they're 22, uh, mm. partly to do with obviously injuries and, well, not being good. Yeah, little little underwhelming on the Angels there. I, yeah, I think everybody was kind of high on them for exactly those reasons that you mentioned. And now they're just kind of like, they just can't pull together, man. And it's it's frustrating. And I'm not even an Angel fan, and I think it's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Angels and their you know, unending search for quality pitching has been going on since, uh, I don't know, since the mid 2000s, more or less since, since their world series team faded away. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, a lot of, a lot of interesting moves. I wonder when we come back to this, you know, post all-star break trade deadline, end of the year, I wonder what else we're going to be talking about. And if I knew then, uh, you know, I'd be very rich, but unfortunately I don't. So you're in contact with all the members of the group and everything. Do you have any kind of insight on to like what different methods everybody uses? Yeah. Most of the voters have been upfront with me and I asked them before they join, before they join, uh, what methodology would you use? Mm -hmm. And there's not really a wrong answer here, but I like to know that they put some thought into the project and aren't just, they don't just respond you know, I do everything randomly or yeah. I base them off what teams I like. Or I don't know. I just go to MLB.com and just copy their rankings. I don't, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> just copy fan graphs every week. Yeah. They, have, they have a system. Whatever. <laughs> and that's one cool thing about fan graphs is they are entirely system-based. So one guy, um, mm, 
now I'm suddenly blanking on his name. Uh, he puts in loads of stats and outspits out our rankings. And that's mm -hmm. what a lot of our rankers do. They, their personal opinion does not actually factor into the ranks. They input the stats and out comes 30 teams in a specific order. And that's mm -hmm. totally cool. Yeah, I know there's a couple people that have like purely statistic stuff and you'll see, I've seen them in the comments, you know, talk about their system and whatnot. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And one cool thing about that is that they're able to design their system so they can tailor it if they like focus on, you know, bullpen ERA or ERA plus OPS plus, or even far more advanced stats. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Or they could just input basic stats and that can still put out a system-based answer. And that's one approach that some people use. Now you already kind of mentioned it, but I, I had it written down here next, uh, is there is no real right or wrong system. It, it's kind of just, as long as you're getting something that you're comfortable with, it's kind of just, hey, that that's it, it works, right? Mm -hmm. As long as you're comfortable with your results and you put effort into it, there's almost no wrong answer. Some people use completely or a complete intuition uh, to rank the 30 teams. They, maybe they watch a lot of baseball, they read a lot of news, they follow trades and injuries, mm -hmm. and they can put out a accurate, so to speak, ranking that doesn't necessarily require them to do deep dives into, into statistics. Mm -hmm. And that's also one approach, the intuition versus the complete automated system, self-designed automated system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I do as well. I mean, I just use kind of that intuition system. I, I, I'm i hip. I'm up enough on baseball to know what's going on. You know, I'll look at the standings and then, you know, kind of see their last 15, that sort of thing. Um, and then just like rank them from there. And uh, you're inevitably a little harsher on your own team. I think we could both agree with that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of great that they got all these different methodologies next to each other combined. And then you get the R baseball power rankings at the end. I think that's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. And again, in terms of uh, one person not having too much power, so you have a split of people with intuition, people with systems, and no approach wins out. Mm -hmm. And those are the two uh, ends of the spectrum. A lot of people like myself do a mix of intuition and stats. You know, I have a feeling of where teams should be, but then if there's any confusion, I'm looking into run differential. I'm looking into last 10 games. I'm looking into strength of schedule. Mm. And there I make my micro adjustments and make sure that my intuition actually is reflected with baseball play. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you got to get that base set and then you kind of fine tweak it from there based on stats to kind of correct your intuition a little bit, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the spectrum for power ranking. Yeah. And really... There's no other, there's no other, uh, pro there's no other approaches. It's all contained mm -hmm. in that spectrum. Everyone at ESPN, every, all the experts at MLB, all the experts at the athletic, they're all using some variation of evaluating what they see, what they know, and probably balancing it with some level of stats interpretation. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers all of the big things to talk about when it comes to the R baseball weekly power rankings. Um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, this comes out on a Monday. Oh, this comes out right in the morning. So we got a couple of hours of this being up and Hey, maybe by the time you listen to it, the new week, week 11 of the R baseball power rankings will be out. So make sure to go check that out and to yell at someone because they ranked your team too high.
Jack, thanks for stopping by and chatting about this. Uh, it's something that we talk about privately, so it was cool to have you come on and chat publicly about it. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, well, now I'm going to send it over to Lewis, who's got another great interview with Ashley McLennan, so stick around for that. back everyone lewis here and i have the privilege of inviting back one of our favorite podcast guests from our first six months she writes for bleed cubby blue d rays bay bless you boys and newly added to her writing credits since her last appearance she is now a contributing writer for fan graphs i am very excited to welcome back ashley mclennan to the podcast ashley how are you doing on this fine evening? I am great. That is a lot of hype to live up to. I, don't know. <laughs> I am so glad you guys invited me back. Thank you so much. Well, we are so glad that you are available to take some time, especially with now I know you write for a Tigers blog as well. I'm not as interested in them. <laughs> That's fine. Nobody is. <laughs> uh, no one is. For me personally, I'm a Twins fan. It's mostly because I'm bitter that we're below them in the standings right now. But we'll get past that. We'll get past yesterday that. Yesterday it was no. tied. When I checked yesterday, we were equally bad. In the well, we're about to play so. the Yankees. And with a 3-11 win percentage over the last decade, we're done for. And you guys just swept them. Just so. swept the Yankees. I just swept them. Like, there's hope. You've got to so, believe. No, no. There was hope for everyone except for us and the Royals. Us <laughs> and the Royals, we always lose the Yankees. That's that's the rule. But in the other uh, central division, I want to look at, which is a mess, by the way, kind, kind of there. I wanted to start with, uh, with the Cubs because... They've been going back and forth. They they took out the Padres, they took out the Dodgers, and then they didn't complete the NL West trifecta and kind of got knocked down a notch by the Giants. Uh, but they're right in the thick of things in the NL Central right now. What's going on with them? What's going right and what's going wrong? We I just don't know what to think of that team right now. I you know what I'm totally shocked at how well the Cubs are doing this year because I think when I came on we were like either like preseason or beginning of the season like right before things started and I was like eh, you know if the Cubs are third in the NL Central I'll be okay with that you know you just kind of want them to edge in above the Pirates and the Reds and then you could be happy with your life um the NL Central is always such a mess isn't it like always they're either all good or all mediocre but they're all like they're exactly all the, same. the same level right like it's that division's always like three games separated they're all like, on the same like boom bust curve they they just can't stagger like the AL Central is perfect we stagger when teams get good so there's only ever one maybe two good teams you guys yeah. they're all the same and it's Same like that trajectory. year after year, too, which has always been really funny to me. So you can never really predict what's going to go on at the Central. But I genuinely did not think the Cubs would be this good this year. I figured by this time they'd be having in-depth conversations about trading, you know, Bryant, trading Baez, you know, maybe re-signing Rizzo. But who the hell knows, right? And I did not think that they would be in a position to be, like, buying or, like, making trades in and they have a real shot of actually making it to the postseason if things keep up the way they are right now and I think it's a mix of like not a ton of serious injuries which is definitely helping things which is which is very rare this for year. the Cubs 
Yeah, for, for the Cubs, team. absolutely. And for yeah. every team this year, I think we had a record for IL stints in April and May. Yeah, for it's the been ugly and bad, and like really good players getting taken down. But like everything seems to be working. Like Kimbrel's not. I, I'm not. I'm not going to swear, but he's not like pooping the bed the way yep, that like exactly. everybody thought. Like <laughs> I honestly said at the beginning of the year in our pre like pre-season check-in i was like if they could trade him for a bag of new infield dirt we should take <laughs> that deal and like he's not like i don't get cold sweats when they say his name and like things are just working right which i think is the only thing i can say and like bryant hasn't like hurt himself in any significant fashion and he's playing really well and you know things are just going right and it's very rare as a baseball fan to get to say that when you have really low expectations. So I'm not going to like jinx it. It's um, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so Yes. I mean, you mentioned the rest of the division, the reds have surged on the back of the Cardinals faltering this past week. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say it a couple of times, but I mean, we're, we're recording this early in the week. Yeah, so things could drastically look different by the time this release. By tomorrow, they by could tomorrow change. they could look desperately different. But the pirates could go on a winning streak. No, the pirates yeah, let, would not go. Let's on a stay winning serious. Streak. Let's, let's stay serious here. Within the realm of reality, feel really bad for friend of the podcast Joe Block that he's got to sit through all those games and and broadcast them. But I mean, so the Cardinals looked really good, and now they don't look really good. The Brewers have been like. If the offense can squeak three runs and they can, you know, get to extra innings, they they look really good. Um, Otherwise, you know, I have a tiny like spot in my heart now for the Brewers because Willie Adonis got traded there, Mm -hmm. and like that really hurts. Still, when we talk about the Rays, I can talk about my crushed spirits. Um, But like, it's um, yeah, it's anybody's division and that's the thing like you can't say hey the cubs are on top because the cubs were tied with the brewers just yesterday for the top spot so it's you can't just be like it's a runaway success and they're absolutely going to get to the world series and they'll be 2016 2.0 um and you know let's all start buying the the wrigleyville jerseys and run away but oh i can i have a quick quick side note because i mean it's funny that these two Chicago ones were right after each other. Yeah. Your opinion on the South Side? You know what? I really liked the South okay. Side ones when they first showed them. Like when they were up on the, the on Twitter and like you saw the first pictures. I'm like, those are pretty slick. I didn't like that they weren't a big departure. Like the okay. the Marlins jerseys were so good. Like the the Sugar Kings tie in and the red and like those really vibrant colors. I was really hoping to see something a bit different. And so going black and white was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's pretty standard for a White Sox uniform. Congratulations on really bending the limits there. But I thought they looked pretty slick. Like, I, I liked it. And then I saw them in action because they played the Tigers that weekend. And I was watching and I was like, oh, you know. But did you get to see Tony La Russa in them? Yes. I saw that tremendous image of that cap. And I'm like, you know, how do you do, fellow kids? Um, <laughs> just like. Like that in and of itself was worth it for those uniforms. And then they announced the Cubs ones today. And I was like, okay, let's, let's see. And I think I said it best to somebody else. I'm like, they look like if the Mariners jerseys and the Rays jerseys had a baby. And yeah, they do. that's what the City Connect jerseys are. Cause you get like those Rays tones and you get like the real vibe of the Mariners and that like Wrigleyville logoing, logoing. 
So I, I, the nicest thing I can say about them is that they are fine. They're fine. Like, they don't excite me, and I wish they'd done more with, like, the Chicago flag if, like, the neighborhood's aspect was really what they were trying to lean into. Because that's their story, right? The 77 yeah. neighborhoods and how they want to do a whole thing. And I'm like, okay, like, I get it. Somebody else pointed out it should have been, like, the brick and the ivy. And I'm like, well, that's very, like, Cubs. Mm-hmm. But it's not very Chicago. So, yeah, I've wondered with the split city, split market ones. I mean, like, obviously, Oakland and San Francisco have very different. Yeah. Uh, it's a split market, but they're very different. Uh, you know, with Chicago, yeah, it's south side, north side. But I mean, if you want to represent Chicago, there's still a lot of, you know, bleed yeah. together there. So, and I think, yes, speaking of like the, the West Coast ones, I think Oakland and, and San Francisco feel to themselves like they're different oh, yeah. places. And so, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I saw those today and I was just like, I don't think I'll be busting out the credit card for it. You any don't of think that. so? No. Not, not that one? No. Well, I, back to the actual play on the field, regardless of what they look like on the, you know, what their jerseys look like. Where do you kind of see this division heading? Do you do you think this is one of those years where it's just in the thick of it? Or do you think, you know what, one of these teams is just going to pitter out and one of them is going to go on a surge and it's going to be it's not going to be as interesting by the end of the year? How many Pirates fans listen to this podcast? Uh, there aren't any Pirates fans anymore. <laughs> um, I think it's probably safe to say I don't think the Pirates will be the worst team in baseball. But I do think they will arguably, inarguably, be the worst team in that division again. I don't think they've done enough in a couple of years to really make themselves competitive. I wait and hope for the year that the Pirates are actually good so that we can stop like beating the dead horse of making fun of the Pirates. But, you know, they'd have to stop trading away all their good pitching prospects to be good somewhere else. Yeah. Mm, that's really gonna hurt it's like seeing like your ex-girlfriend wander off and like start dating like a millionaire and like just having everything go right in their life like it's really not not ideal and i feel bad for them but i think they will peter out i think the cardinals are learning a very valuable lesson about how adding one nolan arenado will not make a good season (laughs) they're still a good team though i mean i think they would still be in the mix I think it's just going to be another year of the NL Central being absolutely impossible to guess right down until the end. Um, would not be surprised if we ended up with another year where it's like, okay, three teams from one division are now going to be in the postseason because that's how this is going to work out. Um, I don't think there's actually enough room in the postseason this year for that to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like really neck and neck down to the to the end for that division. All right, well, switching gears to another division where we're not quite sure where things are going to go, except things are a little on a higher level over there. Uh, you also cover for D-Rays Bay, if that hasn't given away what team it is, uh, the <laughs> team that our subreddit Power Rankers put in the number one slot this past week. Now, like I said earlier, it's early in the week. Things could completely change, especially with how the entire top tier of baseball has been up and down uh, quite a bit this year. But right now the Rays are sitting on top. They're looking really good. And at the beginning of the season, I mean, the Rays always find a way, but I don't think we were really looking at the Rays being Number easily one, top of the division yeah. right now. What, what, what's been going right there? And how have you turned, well, like the Rays always do, a bunch of 
quad A arms and castoffs into a well-oiled winning machine. It's it's the black sheep. That's what Tyler Glass now said. He said that the team really loves to collect the black sheep. Um, and I liked that a lot. It, it, so I think that's the thing that kills me when we discuss the Rays, is that the Rays have consistently, over the last, like, three and a half seasons, been really good. Like, really good. And people are still like, wow, how are the Rays doing it? And I'm like, it's, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a mystery, guys. Like, it's, well, it's, I feel like you guys, tri- like, well, how'd they do it? Well, they had Blake Snell anchoring that rotation. He's gone now. And of course, because it was a Rays trade, he's been doing not so hot for the Padres this year. I feel a little bad about that. How, they just churn <laughs> out more talent. How does this happen? I don't get I, it. I think what it is, honestly, for the Rays is that, they really look at undervalued players elsewhere and really hone in on certain aspects that they think they can develop. So if it's that they see kind of an underutilized pitch in a guy like Tyler Glass now that they think, hey, you know what? There's this lanky kid and he's being kind of pigeonholed by the the Pirates system. But I think we could probably get in there. And I'm not picking on the Pirates. He happened to be there at the time. It's always the Pirates. It's always oh. the Pirates. But I think they look at it and they're like, there's a kid and I think, you know, that, that Kyle Snyder could do something with that. And I think that, like, we could harvest the, the raw talent. You look at a guy like Randy Rosarena, who was, you know, sitting on the bench and still a rookie as he headed into the World Series and had one of the greatest World Series records of all time in the postseason and is still just a monster. And I, I think that like everywhere you look on that team, it's just talent that nobody is taking seriously. You even look at Tommy Pham before he went over to the Padres and also kind of started to underperform a little bit. He wasn't being valued in the Cardinal system and they found a way to really like bring out that like natural ability and I don't know what the skill is that they're making. I think it's just that they have a really good front office that's very aware of what talents are good for them and how they can nurture and develop those things. And I think there's something of a ticking clock on all of it. Like the Rays are not the team that's going to keep a guy around for a decade and, you know, let the talents rise and fall. They're going to look at guys that they can develop over the course of three years. Mm-hmm. And then trade. And that's just the way that their system is built. And it kind of gives them an urgency to to pick up guys that they can turn into talent quickly. And they do it. I mean, I look at a guy like Joey Wendell that nobody talks about and was one of the 20 best batters in baseball in April. Like he was right up there. He was hitting over 300. He, he was like absolute monster. He's still right on the edge of that. And nobody's like, hey, Joey Wendell, what a great bat. Like, it's just a whole like team of guys like that. And it's really incredible. Talking a lot about development. And I mean, the Rays farm system, always cream of the crop, always developing new talent. And with all of the injuries plaguing all of MLB right now, uh, is there anyone that you see down in Durham that, hey, you know what? Uh, if someone goes down, I mean, sucks. I don't want anyone to get injured, but we've got someone that can slot right in or even, you know what? It doesn't matter if anyone gets injured because this guy's coming up and he's going to make a difference for this team down the stretch. Anyone like I, that right now? I feel like you know what the answer to this question is. Well, be, I mean, the other than I feel, the obvious one. It is the obvious one. I feel bad because Taylor Walls has been really good. 
and I have no complaints about Taylor Wallace and his performance, but I want to see Wander Franco. If we are going to trade Willie Adamas to another team and bring up somebody who is not Wander Franco, I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? And like I said, Walls has been fine, and I'm not mad at anything I've seen from him, but like, who who else? It's Wander Franco. It's Wander Franco. <laughs> like, number one rated prospect in like everybody's list for two years running. Of course, that's who I want to see. Because I want to see, I don't want to see like what happened to the Mariners, where you get like a really hyped prospect and everybody's like, oh, Jared's coming, Jared's coming. And like, now he's back in the minors because yeah. he went over 42 and was kind of not great, which he'll balance like I'm looking at Casey Mize with the Tigers who had like a really uneven rookie year last year and has been really good this year so well and you don't you don't want to do a Byron Buxton where you bring him up too early and then he struggles for three years four years and then finally if he could stay healthy is amazing but yeah so I mean obviously though like one of the highest touted shortstop prospects in like recent memory of course I want to see him so that is my answer is there anyone else other than Wander Franco worth keeping an eye out for? Well, I mean, I'd obviously like to see Honeywell a bit more. Um, he was always such a really exciting pitching prospect, and I think that like there's still hope there. I, I didn't see a lot of dazzle in his like spot starts to start the season, but I still think he's got a really good future ahead of him. It's just kind of figuring out where that'll be. So, all right. Well, okay. Last question related to the Rays here. The Red Sox are right there with them. Um, And the Yankees, they're down right now. I don't know. I never trust the Yankees to be actually down. Down and out? No. (laughs) They're never never counted out. And the the baby Blue Jays are still, uh, I mean, with Vladdy Vladdy. coming up. And I mean, they got a lot. And they haven't even had Springer on the field for that long. I feel like they're a ticking time bomb uh, ready to to go off here. How do you kind of see this division playing out? Obviously the Orioles are down at the bottom, but even like with how good John Means has been, even they have been better than expected, which isn't saying much at all, but still, you know, better than expected. They're still going to be at the bottom. Um, where, where do you see this division going as the, we enter the dog days of summer here? It really will, I think, be between those top three with the Yankees, the the Red Sox, and the Rays. And I think what'll depend a lot on the Rays' consistency at the top is keeping themselves out of injury issues, um, especially with their starting pitching. Like, I know any team can handle having an injured pitcher. It's the Rays. They've developed the opener. They've developed bulk innings, guys. That's their thing. But at the same time, you can't risk, I think, losing a guy like Glass now mm-hmm. and having a consistent season. Um, they've done pretty well with like their their position players being able to rotate in and out of there. Obviously, you know, they DFA'd Yoshi. G-Man Choice had some injury issues throughout the beginning of the season, but they are finding ways to kind of, you know, fill those gaps successfully. I think it'll depend a lot on what the Yankees do because they are going to need to go and make trades and like fill some gaps because they've had injury issues. They've lost guys for the season. They've been playing not like themselves. Like I've got to give the Yankees credit, even though they're a team I I love to hate. Um, They should be better than they are. And I think all they need to do is kind of find that missing piece and whether it's, you know, going out and getting like a Joey Gallo and, slotting somebody in in that outfield they they gotta make a couple pickups and they could be really dangerous after the all-star break so 
they're the ones to keep an eye on. I mean, the Red Sox, when they're good, are also always dangerous. So I think it's going to be a pretty tight race. I don't think there's going to be a runaway uh, lead there. The Rays definitely can't let their guard down. Well, I mean, I'm excited to follow it down to the wire. I hope the Yankees stay down. I don't expect them to stay down. I never expect them to stay down. They've got the money to I hate them so much. from going down, right? Like, yeah. that's the thing. They can make the moves they need to, and I think they will. All right. So since we last had you on the podcast, you got added on to Fangrass contributing. And I know that is a um, you know position that a lot of our listeners aspire to one day be part of. What has been your experience so far uh, working with Fangrass and writing for them? And, and kind of, I guess, what is is your position as contributing writer? What does that even mean? What, what does that mean for, for you and for Fangrass? Well, basically, it just means that like I write an article or two a week and contribute to the outgoing output of that site. Um, so I am part of their lovely little Slack channel, and you know I get to know everybody, and it's been great. I mean, the editorial staff at Fangraphs is second to none. Meg Rowley, John Taylor, just absolutely incredible. They know exactly kind of the voice they want to like emphasize, but they don't try to take away your own writing style, which I think is great. It's the the hardest editing I've ever been through as a writer, okay. but in like a really good way. Okay. Like it's one of those things where like it really does take you to that next level. And I think that that's the best way I can like sum it up is that it, it really puts more of a demand on you to be a, the best writer possible. And I think that if that if writing about baseball is your goal, then it's absolutely a, a pinnacle to kind of reach towards because it's that step, I think, before you get into like the, the real big leagues. It's like. I mean, it is kind of big leaps, I guess. <laughs> I mean, for a lot of hardcore baseball fans, Fangraphs is is the the big yeah. lead. It might not have the biggest paycheck of all the the baseball sites or coverage, but I that's where a lot of people, you know, they pull up yesterday's scores and then pull up Fangraphs every morning. So, well, I think what I appreciate about them is like when I did the interview process, I was very straightforward with them. I'm like, I know you guys are a stats site and I know that's your thing, but I am not like a stats heavy writer. Like I'm an editorial writer and I'm a thoughts writer and they hired me knowing that. So I thought that was really cool that they were really looking to kind of like diversify because I, I'd say more than anything, I was like a hardball times writer, right? Mm-hmm. Which was a fan oh. Oh, offshoot and i miss it so much i know hardball times is so good and so i'm like i think they knew because i'd contributed to hardball times before getting hired mm-hmm. there and that's more my niche like big thoughts and like you know editorial opinions and i guess they really want to start incorporating that kind of idea in there and i thought that was really great so yeah it's been a lot of fun and there's more stuff coming i know you said before we started recording you're like gavin seen you on there yeah. and i'm like I, I swear there's more stuff coming i got a big tyler glass now piece that I finished that should be out soon. And then um, a little historical Canadian baseball. Uh, oh, no. So, oh, yeah. no. You don't know this. I'm Canadian too, Ashley. Shut up. So, where are you from? Yeah. Saskatchewan. Oh, so, my whole oh, family yeah. lives in Saskatchewan. Oh, what? Yeah, I got a little uh, Canadian history of baseball kind of piece in there. That's a lot of fun. Oh, very nice. I'm excited to to read that now. Now, the other thing, one of the best parts of the first interview that you gave was the fact that I found out that you at D-Race Bay were doing Who's On Worst. Yeah. Where can, can, just I'll let you introduce what is Who's <laughs> On Worst for those who didn't listen to the episode and haven't experienced the, so, the pleasure of Who's On Worst. 
before the season started, I wrote a piece for D-Rays Bay about the worst baseball movies ever made. And Darby Robinson, who I'm also, who's also a co-writer at D-Rays Bay, is like, Ashley, I think we need to turn this into a podcast. And I'm like, I wouldn't have even thought about it. But yeah, Darby, you're absolutely right. Let's do it. So with Brett Rutherford, who does the production on all the D-Rays Bay podcasts, uh, we got together and we're like, hey, let's do a podcast where we watch the worst baseball movies ever made and then talk about them. Uh, and that has been uh, an ongoing adventure of uh, making ourselves sit through some very terrible films. <laughs> um, but it is always a real kick to like record those episodes. So we have a lot of fun doing it. And I've heard you like listening to it. I so enjoy it. You are one of our listeners. Um, we just get such a kick out of it. It's so much fun. So, you know, we've done, oh God, like six, eight episodes, something like that now. Not enough. Uh, are you doing shooting for like once a month? Is that kind of... I think once a month is kind of what we're, we're guaranteeing just because Brett has a lot of work to do with like Raise Your Voice and, you know, the, the other stuff that we have going on in the D-Raise Bay podcast network as it is now. But we we try to record or at least watch something every two to three weeks okay. and whether or not the like release schedule syncs up. We had a big issue recently. This will be some insider knowledge where Ooh. we decided based on the polls that we put out on Twitter um, that we were going to do Angels in the Outfield because we've had a lot of fun doing some of the kids content. Wait, 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 wait. You said you do bad baseball movies. We like to see if like nostalgia taints our view of things. I it's don't got know Joseph Gordon-Levitt. How could nostalgia taint that? That's... I know, but like we watched Rookie of the Year, and we once again, pleasantly... I'm confused why you're watching these movies, Ashley. We want to are... see if like our memories kind of if it's bad on retrospect, right? Rookie of the Year was not. Rookie of the Year was delightful, and we loved it. And I I know Brett and Darby got through Angels in the Outfield, but I discovered very quickly that there is no way to watch Angels in the Outfield in Canada. Really? No way whatsoever. It's not on Disney Plus. Huh. You cannot rent it through Prime or through YouTube or through anything. Like, I defy anybody to find me a copy. You know what I've had to do? You went back and watched the original 1960s Angels in the Outfield with the no, Pittsburgh that, Pirates. No? It was a very reasonable expectation that oh. I almost did that because I could have rented that one. Um, but no, I, I love that you could have rented that one. <laughs> yeah, YouTube has that one. Um, I put, I got it from the library, so I'm waiting oh. for my library hold to come through. So that well, can... that's how I get most of my movies. Yeah. So yeah, I like it, but I didn't even think of it. I was so delighted that they had it. Um, so yeah, our next recording session will be either a back to back or a double feature episode, uh, doing Angels in the Outfield and the Fan. So the Wesley Snipes, yeah, the... De Niro, yeah. So all right, I don't think I've ever seen so. That would be interesting. I feel like half the time we like the movies more than we thought we would. You really hated uh, Summer Catch. We that hated was, Summer Catch. That yeah, was bad. We really hated Trouble with the Curve. That was, yeah, that was it. Uh, I think Trouble with the Curve and The Scout are like right now, like right up there with our worst, uh, worst watches ever. And I think, I'm, I hate to say it, but Fever Pitch might be the one we've liked the most. So. It's a somewhat solid movie, especially for a baseball up. fan. It holds up a lot better as a baseball fan Absolutely. than I think for a rom-com fan. So. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it, I was surprised. I'm like, this is actually quite the love letter to baseball. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty cute. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for sitting down with me today and uh, going over that. Now, I struggled to find who's on worst for a little while. So that is, you have to search for... 
D Rays Bay for yeah. the podcast network. Although and I think you it, can find if you search, I know on Spotify, if you search who's on worst, you will get it. Okay. Um, if you are looking for it on like an actual podcast subscription network, you do have to look for the D Rays Bay podcast. And then the episodes are just kind of mixed in there with Raise Your Voice. So we didn't go like a separate channel because we already had everything set up that way. But um, yeah, if you are looking for it and you can't find it, search D Rays Bay. It's there. Um, but if you're on Spotify, you can just search who's on worst and it pops up. And then be, before we, we leave here today, is there anything else that you're working on that you want to let everyone know about or just a plug for one of the many places that you uh, write for or uh, a shout out to anyone that you'd like to give before we get going here? Oh, my God. Uh, I will give a shout out to my D-Rays Bay crew because I know they will absolutely be listening to this later. I got so <laughs> many comments the last time I was on it. And they're like, Ashley, that was so much fun. And I'm like, oh my God, I hate knowing that people I know have listened to this. Um, <laughs> I always like, am deeply convinced I will embarrass myself like to the ends of the earth on podcasts. Um, so I will give a shout out to the guys over at D-Rays Bay because I suspect that they will tell me after they hear it that they listened. So um, <laughs> hello to all of them. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for sitting down and talking about the Cubs and Rays and fan graphs and wonderful baseball movies. <laughs> and some bad baseball movies mixed in. I you gotta temper it a little bit. Like you can't always want to like die after you've watched them, right? Like so exactly. we have to like filter in some that we know are good. We can't wait until you hear the episode on Sandlot Two that we have coming out. I've um, never seen Sandlot Two. I'm don't like, gonna keep it that way. Yeah, we we have an entire conspiracy theory section Ooh. to it. So how's uh, that to look I'm, forward? I'm gonna look forward to that one. <laughs> it should be out next week, I think. So. Oh, I. I'm, I'm going to be checking every day now. Uh, well, it is always glad, uh, good to have you on and uh, hope both your teams that we talked about keep it up to some extent. Fingers crossed. Tigers, I'd like them back in the cellar. I, I like to look at a few. <laughs> I like to look down at a few teams, uh, but thanks so much for, for joining us and hopefully we'll have you back in the future. Yeah, please. And tell Maz next time you better be here so we can talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I will. I will. Well, that about wraps things up for episode 25. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll chat with Spider Tat co inventor James Deffenbaugh, as well as preview the upcoming Dodgers Padres series, and as always, cover the latest news from around baseball. Our Baseball Weekly is executive produced by me, Lewis. Our production administrator is Christine. Maz co-hosted our intro as well as our Power Rankings discussion with Jack. I co-hosted the intro as well as hosted and edited our interview with Ashley McLennan. Once again, special thanks to Ashley for coming on and joining us again on the podcast. Nime edited our first two segments. Our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease. Join us every Monday for new episodes releasing at 1 a.m. Eastern Time so they can be downloaded and ready for your morning commute. We'll see you next week.